Well, as Tony said, my name's Chad Hidalgo, and I'm super excited to be able to share with you a little bit. Um, in fact, I was talking to Tony just several weeks ago, and we were talking a little bit about um, stones of remembrance. I was sharing with him a couple of testimonies, and um, of course, he knew he'd be leading worship tonight, and he said, hey, would you mind maybe sharing a few of those testimonies and just encouraging the body a little bit? And I didn't think about um, the fact that we would be doing communion tonight. And, you know, Jesus said, every time you do this, whenever you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And I started thinking about how, how much our stories mean to God. Our testimonies, they, they move his heart. And they don't move his heart only because they're about us, but... They move his heart because it's the story that he's writing. It's, it's that picture that he's painting with the tapestry of each one of us as individuals. And I got started thinking about how we're getting ready to move into 2016. I believe Friday is New Year's Day. And so the title of my message tonight is Piles of Rocks, Our Secret History in God. And it's going to be, the backdrop is going to be out of Joshua chapter 4. Um, so if you want to turn to Joshua chapter 4, we will probably go there a couple of times. I'm going to, um, I'm going to actually try to be fairly brief tonight. So I may give you some of the scriptures and then allow you to go back later and read them on your own. But um, I really wanted to encourage us as we move into 2016, as we move into the new year, um, that we would position our hearts to be filled with hope, and an earnest expectation of good from God as we move into 2016. He's been stirring in my heart the last several months. I've been praying and asking him, Lord, I want to move into this new year with a deeper desire to know you and encounter you than I did this past year. This past year has not been a bad year. It's been a, it's been a good year, a normal year with its ups and downs like we have, but I want to go deeper in you. And um, a couple of verses I want to give you to think about as you move into 2016. Um, David said in Psalms 27, 13, he says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then Matthew 19, 26 says, but with God, all things are possible. The end of that verse and so hide those verses in your heart as we move into this new year and, have, and begin to have an expectation to encounter God in your own personal story, in your life, because our testimonies, each individual one of us, as he would call us by name, they are so important. In fact, when they move us and we move our heart just a little bit toward him, he becomes so much more excited, I think, about our story than even we do. So when we see God move in a powerful way as we've been praying and asking and seeking the Lord for something and he moves and we see that answer to prayer and, and we're just so motivated and we're so thankful, I think it moves his heart even so much more as we, because he loves to draw us close. That's, the way he, that's why he designs so many of the circumstances that we walk through that produce our testimonies because he wants to keep us in that place of moving toward him. Um, I've never had a sermon in a sentence. 
what I thought, maybe a sermon. And I don't even know when, I don't even know how to use a sermon in a sentence. I don't know, if, do you throw it out in the beginning? Do you, and so, but I love the way Tony does that. I love the way he has his sermon in a sentence. So if I had a sermon in a sentence tonight, it would be, Jesus is always the same, yet constantly changing. Now, one of the ways that we can encourage ourselves um, for our future and strengthen our own faith is by remembering our history in God. We've all, we all have a history with the Lord. We all have times where he's, he's broken in in our lives in a powerful way. And, and maybe sometimes they're really small ways seemingly in our mind. In fact, sometimes maybe we don't give them enough credit because we're not recognizing the story that he's writing. And we forget that often, at least I know I do personally, with my own testimony, I, I see what God did. I see the way that he moved in a situation. And I look, at the, I look at the way that he moved, or I look at the means that he used, and I get excited about that. So I'll see him come through and break through in a financial area, and I get excited because, wow, God broke through, and he provided these resources that we didn't have. And, but I forget, and I, what he wants to encounter us with, or what he would like for us to remember is, it's not just the way and the means by which he moves, it's his character that he wants us to see. So when I see God break through in my life when I need finances or whatever I may need, so in the area of finances when he breaks through, he wants me to see that he is my provider. He wants me to see that his character, it says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I said, he's the, that's, in, um, that's in Hebrews 13.8. And I said Jesus is always the same, yet he's constantly changing. And that's not contradictory, because Jesus' character is always the same. He's always faithful. He's always a provider. God is love. But the way that he operates in our lives personally change. It's, it's as vast as the colors of the rainbow, the way that he can do things. He is so creative with the way that he moves in our lives but it's out of the same heart, it's out of the same character. And that's where I think um, we see the children of Israel in Joshua 4. And I'm not going to read through the whole chapter, but if you went and you read through Joshua 4, at a quick glance, there's, there's a lot of things happening here. There was just a major shift in Israel because there was just um, a big change in leadership. Moses had just peered over and had seen into the promised land. He went home to be with the Lord. Joshua is all of a sudden raised up as the new leader of Israel. And now they find themselves at a, at a place where they were almost 40 years earlier when Moses parted the Red Sea. They've come to the Jordan and they're waiting to see what's going to happen as they're following this new leader. And one of the things that God told Joshua... Even before they got there, he said, I want you to erect a pile of rocks. I want you to erect these stones of remembrance. And if you read through it a quick glance, you would only think that there was, only, there was just one memorial that Joshua erected. But there's actually two. And I think it's really important that there's two. If you look in Joshua 4, 3, it says, And command them to saying, Take from yourselves... Twelve stones 
from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm, and you shall carry them with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. So he says, take them out of the midst of the river. Take them out of the middle of the river where the priests are standing. It goes on a little further, and it says they actually had to put them on their shoulder to carry. So he wasn't, it wasn't just little pebbles. These were big rocks. Big, I mean, because grown men, put them on your shoulder to carry them where you're going. And one thing I want to mention about that is our testimonies, our stones of remembrance, they are a big deal to God. They are huge, and he wants us to carry those with us everywhere we go. But so that, that's the first place that they said to take the stones where you're going. We're going to lodge tonight and erect a memorial there. But then in verse, around verse 9, it says, Then Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the river. So God said, take 12 stones out. Take them to where you're going to lodge tonight. Build a memorial there because we want this to be visible and be seen. We want all to be able to see this. But take 12 stones and build a memorial deep in the river that no one is going to see. So not only is our testimony a big deal to God, and he wants to use it visibly, he wants to use our testimonies through our lives to touch the people that we encounter, he also wants that to be a deep, deep foundation in our own hearts that as we approach adversity, we go back to those stones of remembrance. We grab on to what God has done for us in the past because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the beauty about God is if he did it for us over there, He'll do it for us over here. And the way he did it over there, he will do it like that over here. And so he wants us to have that deep foundation in our heart about his character, not just the ways and means by which he moves. Because I told Tamara as we were kind of talking through some of this, as you look through all of the stories and the testimonies that fill the word of God, there's... Many of those testimonies are produced out of the same character attribute of who he is. But none of those testimonies look identically alike. Think about the way Jesus healed people. It was always different. And sometimes it was miraculous like that, and sometimes it was a process, and sometimes he would spit in the mud and put it in their eye, and it was just always different, but it was out of that same heart and that character and that's what he wants us that's what he wants us to move forward in him i believe as we even go into this new year i know that's what i'm going to be i'm going to be moving into this new year because one of the ways that i can encourage myself as i move forward into this new year is i'm going to look back and remember what god has done for me as part of my history i'm going to look back at my own secret story and encourage myself not only because God did that for me, but because God is a major... He, he is the star in our story. God is the star in our testimonies. We often want to think that we are the leading role. In our, in, in our own lives, if you think about it, we are a leading role. But we don't trump God. Because he is, He's the director. He's a narrator. 
He's the story writer. And so he wants us to remember him as we move forward and we look at those things that he's done in our lives and he's come through for us. And I hope even as tonight as I share, and I want to share a few of our stories that, um, where God has really encountered us, I hope it begins to stir in your heart to go back, even this week, maybe even before we get to Friday, moving into the new year, and start reminding yourself of some of the things that God has done in your life, in your family, with your kids, with your husband, with your wife. Let's encourage one another to have an earnest expectation to meet God in that place of goodness and hope as we move forward. Um, Four areas that I highlighted out of this Joshua 4 passage, and you may want to go back and read the whole story, but four areas or four groups that God really wants to use um, with our testimonies to touch is, of course, us personally and our families. I feel like that's, that's number one. Secondly, our friends, those people who we have the most connectivity with that are closest to us finally I said foreigners because it fits into this storyline but as we move forward to where we are today it would be unbelievers he wants to use our story to spark the heart of someone that's not encountered Jesus to encounter Jesus in a fresh way to encounter Jesus with hands and hugs and skin on that is that they see lines up with the word of God. So foreigners are unbelievers, and then also our enemies. I thought it was very interesting that as they built that second memorial, the people that led out of the river were the soldiers. And they landed as they crossed the Jericho in Gilgal, which was in basically eyeshot of the city of Jericho, which was going to be their first challenge as they moved into the promised land, God knew that they would need that testimony that was deep in the river, that was deep in their hearts, that they all had to pass by. But he also knew that their adversaries needed to be able to physically see what God was doing on the behalf of those he loves. So he put that, he put that second memorial on the riverbank right where from that great walled city they could look and see that memorial And we know what happened in Jericho. They get there. They march around for seven days. On the seventh day, they march around seven times. The walls of Jericho fall. They defeat and begin to drive their enemies out. But if you look at the very beginning of chapter 6 in Joshua, it says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel... None went out and none came in. They saw what God just did, pushing back the waters of the Jordan. And they had heard stories, undoubtedly, of the way God did that when he brought them out of Egypt. And immediately it struck fear in the hearts of their enemies. Our testimonies, as we remember those testimonies, and we encourage ourselves, and then we declare those testimonies out of our mouths, our enemies tremble because of the power and goodness of God. In in us, his representatives, he wants to give us the ability to, to crush Satan under our feet, he said in Genesis. 
In fact, our testimony is so powerful. Revelation 12, 11, it says, And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives unto death. So there is, there's great power as we see the strength of God moving in our lives and then we have the opportunity to express that to those people that he puts, that he puts in our lives and gives us opportunity to, to share life with. Um, One other thing I wanted to mention is so often when we're in the middle of a testimony developing, when we are going through something, when we're right in the middle of a trial, it's so hard for us to, it's so hard for us to grasp and understand sometimes why we are having to walk through the things that we're walking through. But as you think back on some of your testimonies, some of those big piles of rocks in your life, was, was that breakthrough in a place where you were on a mountaintop and everything was going great? And, and maybe sometimes we do have testimonies in that place. But most of my testimonies, I was utterly desperate. I was at the end of my rope. I had nowhere to go. I had nowhere to turn except to God. And one thing he reminded me, just even as we've been walking through a little bit of what we've gone through the last couple of months with Tamara being sick and, and out of the hospital a couple of times. And, and she even said just the other day, she said, I'm just in this place. I'm so desperate. I'm so desperate for God to break through in this area. And but he loves that place of desperation because that's when we press into him more than when we're in that place of comfort. He loves it because he loves that relationship with us. He loves to be part of our story. He loves to encounter and engage us. I'm not saying that God puts a lot of those things on us as we're walking through hard things. I truly believe that the enemy does that, and he means a lot of the challenges that we face as evil. But as we encounter God in those places, he says, I'm going to redeem this for your good. I'm going to redeem this for my kingdom. I'm going to redeem this for those people that you're able to encounter and you touch, and they're watching your life, and you don't even know. And then through watching the way that we struggle through, I know most of my challenges... I've gone through kicking and screaming because we're living sacrifices. We're not dead on the altar. We're squirming and screaming and trying to get off. And that's the way most of my testimonies have looked, I'm sure, especially from the outside. But um, So I want to encourage us. I want you to, as we leave this evening, begin to ask God to show you. If, if they're not even coming, some of them may be even coming to mind right now. But ask him to show you some of your own piles of rocks. And if you don't feel like you have any, ask somebody that's close to you. Ask one of your kids. Ask your spouse. Ask someone that you work with because they're going to recognize 
things even in our own lives sometimes that we have blinders and we don't even see maybe. We're not seeing even um, as clearly as we should. But I want to I finish just by sharing just a, a couple of our family testimonies. And I just want to do this not because our family's special, but maybe even more so because our family's a family just like every other family sitting out here tonight. And we're individuals just like every person sitting here. And so we all have these stories. But several years ago, Tamara and I and the boys, um, we kind of surrendered to a crazy calling. We didn't actually know what God was going to be doing. In fact, we didn't know at all. But we knew that it was going to be mobile. We knew it involved selling our business. We knew it involved selling our home. And we knew it involved moving into an RV and saying, okay, Lord, wherever. So we, we made that commitment that that's what we were going to do. And as we made that commitment, somehow um, a gentleman, because I own my own business at that time, a gentleman that was one of my customers told one of the men that worked for me, hey, if Chad ever wants to sell his business, have him contact me. I thought, well, that's pretty interesting. We had just really committed to doing this. And I give the guy a call. He says, yeah, I'd be interested, so let's sit down and talk. And so we met, and it looked like things were beginning to move forward with that. And I thought, oh, no. You big dummy, what have you done? You've just probably sold your ability to have any kind of income. You still have your house. You have no clue what you're doing. And we had already tried to sell our home several times. And for whatever reason, this particular house we lived in at the time, it just would not sell. There would be people interested, and man, we would get up to almost closing, and something would fall through. Finances would fall through, or or, or whatever it was that would cause it to, to come undone. And I thought, oh, great. And so it was a Monday morning, and I sat down. Tamara and I and the boys were all in the living room. They were sitting on the couch, and I just had just a, 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 um, just a strong faith that this was going to happen come over me. And as they were all sitting there, I looked at them, and I said, You know what? We're, we're going to do what God has called us to do. I said, If this house never sells, if it sits here and rots to the ground... We'll let it sit, and God will either provide for us to pay for this house and do what he's called us to do, or he's going to send someone that's going to be interested in this home, and it's going to finally go through. That day, I had three people call. That happened that Monday morning, maybe around 9 o'clock. By 3 in the afternoon, I had three people that had called me. We only had just recently put a for sale by owner sign in the front yard. It was a remote area, not a highly traveled area. And they said, we're interested in your house. Can we come look at it? Two of them came and looked at it that day. One, one gentleman made me a cash offer, and the other one was wanting to haggle with him because he wanted the house. And so we were like, oh, wow. This is, okay, this is real. God, you, and, and then within two weeks, my business also sold for cash. So that for us is a huge pile of rocks in our lives where we look back and we go, if God was like that then, he's going to be like that in the future. And we needed it because as soon as we set out and got on the road, we had all kinds of challenges. We, we were pretty clueless. We began traveling toward Michigan in November in an RV thinking these podunk, poor little East Texas people thinking that we were going to live in an RV in Michigan in November. I'd never even been to Michigan, but we, we made a connection, and God said, go, so here we go. And 
we get there and we connect with his church and we had service with them on Sunday morning. Pastor and his wife were amazing, started connecting with them. They said, look, just while you're figuring things out, stay here in the church. You can use the kitchen. And So again, I think it was a Monday morning after the Sunday service. Tamara and I are in the kitchen of that church and we were whispering because we didn't want anybody to hear us because when we're struggling, most of the time, we don't want anyone to know. But she said, what are we going to do? It's like 19 degrees outside. We don't have any propane in our RV. And we don't have any money. And I said, because, you know, I was real confident in what I was leading us into. I said, I don't know. We're just going to pray. And so right in that kitchen, I mean, I can see it just like it was happening right now. We said, oh, Jesus, we don't know what to do, but we know you provide. We remember what you did with the house. We remember what you did with the business. The pastor comes walking around the corner, has no idea what we're just talking about. He says, hey, let's go get some propane. And I'm like, what? And I tried to play it off because I thought he was going to take me, and I needed to pay for the propane, and I knew I didn't have him. Uh, you know, no, we're good. We'll just wait. No, I want to take you. I was, the Lord just told me to take you, and let's go fill your tank with propane. And and so those are little, but those became huge stones of remembrance for us. They became huge in giving us confidence that God truly is who he says that he is. And people hear those testimonies, and it moves their hearts. Some people that already know the Lord, it moves them deeper into knowing God. And some people, it moves them one step closer to maybe encountering him for the first time. I want to share, come here, Jace. I want Jace to share a testimony because this is kind of a cool testimony that he really likes. And I want all the kids to know, and we don't have too many kids in here, and they're little and teenagers, but there is no junior Holy Spirit. The full-size God that lives in us lives in these kids, and they can have testimonies too. And so, Jay, share the testimony, the one you had told me earlier. Um, okay, so we found a house up in Michigan, and it was just an empty house, just a normal house. Um, that they were selling, and all we had was one mattress and a recliner, which that was my mom and dad's, of course. Um, and the guy that owned the house, he worked at this warehouse, and he said, come pick out the furniture, and it was all brand new furniture for free, and it was just crazy. Um, so what did, that, what did that do in your heart toward God? <sighs> um It made me feel like if God can provide in this way, then he can provide in this way, in this way, in this way. And, you know. Thanks, buddy. So I just, I even wanted him to share a testimony because the way that God even moves on our kids' hearts and the way they see things that he's doing in our own lives is so much different than even the way that we perceive them. In fact, just a few weeks ago, when Tamara was having a hard day and she was struggling, and I encouraged her, I said, Okay, I want you to write down every one of these stories that you can think of, that you can remember. And then once you've written down everything you can remember of where God's really come through, I want you to go to each of the boys individually, and I want you to ask them. So she already had a couple of pages, and she started going to the boys, and they got a couple more pages. And all the testimonies that the boys thought were so amazing were things that her and I never even thought of. And so God wants to move in all of our hearts, writing a story 
with and through us to impact those people around us. So I want to encourage us tonight as we move forward toward 2016, position your heart in earnest expectation to encounter that to encounter God that way this year. That doesn't mean that we may wake up January 1 and all we don't it's not like January 1 clean slate all of our troubles are over. We'll still probably wake up with some of the same struggles that we have tonight. But as we move closer to God and give, begin to get his perspective on some of our situations, it's going to give us strength and hope as we walk through those things. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to come before you tonight. Lord, we thank you that you truly do desire to encounter us. We thank you that you do, Lord, want to give us a hope and a future. And we thank you, Father, that you want to, you want to write an amazing story with and through our lives. And you want to use that to impact those people that we encounter maybe on a daily basis, maybe those people we encounter one time, maybe even some of those people that would consider themselves even our adversaries. You want to use the Holy Spirit to soften that and bring them close to you. And so we just surrender that to you as we move into 2016, that you would remind us of how good you are, how powerful you are, how loving and merciful you are, and that we would have an expectation to see you move in a greater way this year than we've seen you move in our lives in the past. In Jesus' name.